Welcome into Blazers Uprise Live. Here are your hosts, Tori Jones and Eric Brandt. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Blazers Uprise Live. It's a basic preview stream. Uh, it's always nice to have an episode of Blazers Surprise Live on a day in which the Blazers play a game so that we can pick them and then we can preview that said game. So that's what we're doing today. Before we hop into picks against the spread, uh, if you're not a channel member on the main channel or if you are a channel member, I dropped a film breakdown earlier this morning uh, going over the first couple of games. That was a video that I enjoyed making and I think it's a pretty good product. So if you're not a channel member, go to the main channel and click the join button if you are then check the community tab as there is a members only community channel post there we also just dropped power rankings we're going to do that every monday and that should be a fun series we compiled my eric's zach's reese's spencer pools and sean's aka embarking boxes uh power rankings so we're going to do consensus power rankings throughout the season that should be a pretty fun series anyway eric what's this magical question you got for me so i'm sure you might have noticed this when you were doing uh your power rankings yeah but there's a lot of teams that are getting a lot of love for being undefeated bulls uh timberwolves that have basically played nobodies or teams that are missing their best Mm -hmm. player or whatever so as a blazer fan we know that our first 20 games are very difficult would you rather have the the path the blazers do where later in the season they get all the easy games or would you rather are you kind of jealous of some of these other teams that are playing the pelicans right now without zion and the pistons without kate cunningham and jeremy grant and stuff like that see here's the thing like my whole thing is it doesn't matter because if you're struggling to start the season and you're playing a hard schedule sure you're probably going to lose a lot of games but if you're playing an easier schedule sure you'll win more games but you'll also lose more games against easier teams you also have more bad losses than if you played a harder schedule Mm -hmm. so then if you start playing well later in the season i don't know i think just in the end it balances itself out no matter what uh so maybe it'd be better for the team to have an easier schedule to kind of ramp things up but also it's like when you're trying to cultivate a level of intensity defensively it helps to be able to go up against the phoenix suns in game two and that's the thing the team's going to get super amped up for that game whereas if they're playing the i don't know minnesota timberwolves i don't think they have the game two that they did against the phoenix suns i think there's a chance that they would have possibly lost against the timberwolves to go to zero and two uh just because they might not have gone in with the mental intensity so it could actually be a good thing because mm-hmm. they have to get geared up for a lot of Western Conference playoff teams. They're going to get up for those games, and I feel like that can set the tone for the rest of the season, even as they head into easier parts of their schedule where they're used to getting up for games. They have the level of intensity defensively that they need, and that's become a habit because of the first 20 games. They've been forced to defend at a really high level in order to take care of business. So overall, I think... I'm not jealous of teams like that. Mm-hmm. I don't think teams like that should be overrated. So that's something that I kind yeah. of reflected in my power rankings. They are, though. <laughs> they are. They are. So Minnesota, Chicago, absolutely. Um, 
Charlotte beat Brooklyn. That was a good win last night. So Charlotte has a better win than either of those two teams. Mm-hmm. But overall, it's just it's just early on in the season. I'm not going to read too much into teams being undefeated. We see it every year where a team starts like 6-1 and one or something like that, and then they're a bottom feeder. Minnesota yeah. did that a couple years ago, if I recall correctly. Uh, so you always kind of have stuff like that, quirks like that, with a small sample size. So that is my beat-around-the-bush answer, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> In my opinion, it kind of depends on what happens. Because if we're like 5 and 15 or something after 20 games, then I'm going to wish we had an easy schedule. Um, However, if we're like 13 and 7 or something like that, and then we still have most of our easy schedule left, uh, this team could possibly be looking at contending for a, a top seed in the conference yeah so. they just have to be able to because we've seen this team have trouble getting up for some opponents mm-hmm. or like consistently putting worse teams away yeah. so that has to be a change this year if they want a for top sure. a top seed is they have to absolutely take care of business against bad teams and not have letdowns and not get up by 12 points and then take their foot off the gas and make it a game where their starters have to play the whole thing and then the next game their starters aren't as rested as they should be and therefore they lose so it's a situation where yeah i mean this first 20 games will be interesting to see what they're at because if they play like they did uh, a couple nights ago then they could have a really good first 20 games despite the tough schedule and if they play like they did on opening night then we could be staring at 500 at best so Mm. uh that's the thing is there's i'll segue this into the preview for tonight's game it's hard to get a feel for what the blazers are at this point <laughs> right like we don't we don't know what they are eric we don't know if game two was an outlier the thing is is we know they're capable and game two showed they're capable game two just didn't show that they can consistently do it and in my film breakdown which if you're not a channel member hit the join button on the main channel to become a channel channel member and get the link to my film breakdown that i did for the first two games like i'm seeing cj mccollum playing phenomenal defense eric yeah cj mccollum looks game number two played maybe the best defensive game i've ever seen him play and i don't think that's a coincidence i think that's chauncey billups being the head coach holding him accountable teaching him what to do but i've always like not cj mccollum for his off-ball defense his off-ball defense game number two was sub- superb it was real really good and i showcased that with a couple a couple of different clips in that film breakdown and that's the thing is I always thought CJ was more capable defensively than he showed. And other people argued with me saying, no, he's not. I think game number two, he it showed what he can be as a defensive player. He was contesting shots on Devin Booker, forcing him to misses despite his lack of size. He was, uh, you know, doing stuff like stunting at the ball handler, forcing Booker to pick up his dribble, then getting back out on his guy and contesting his shot. And that was Jay Crowder, a bigger player than him, but Jay, he almost made Jay Crowder airball because he had such a good contest. Uh, just stuff like that, you know, and he's been getting steals. He's been getting blocks. He blocked Devin Booker three times. Mm-hmm. It looked like steals. It was kind of ripping him down yeah, low, all three yeah. of them. But three times on Devin Booker, man, he, he outplayed Devin Booker offensively. And part of that is because he deed Devin Booker up defensively. So I think this team is is definitely capable. Uh, we just have to see the consistency. Uh, the tough part for me about this game is I'd also say the same thing about the Clippers. <laughs> it's like they haven't really played bad, but they haven't played great either. And I know that's in there based on 
the way some of those guys played in the playoffs last year. So um, they're still a scary team, but I also feel confident that if we do the right things, we should be able to go down and win this game. And that would be a huge uh, momentum builder for this early season. Yeah, I mean, I think we're more talented than them. Even with Norman Powell missing, I mean, they're missing Kawhi. I'll take Dame over Paul George any day. And then their players beyond that are very iffy to me. Uh, Eric Bledsoe had a good game one. Uh, He's kind of a guy who's had some moments in the league before, but also looked terrible last year. So he's a bit of a wild card, in my opinion. I'll go and look at their, their box scores just to kind of provide more They've only played two games like us. Yeah, they've only played two games. So that's the thing is you have have other teams that are playing their fourth game tonight, and we're only playing our third. But the Clippers have lost to the Warriors in their first game, only by two, though, and then the Grizzlies by six, and the Grizzlies are playing solid basketball right now. So it's not like the Clippers have a bad loss. So that's where you don't want to read too much into their uh, record. Paul George has been phenomenal. He's averaging 35 points per game and 10 and a half rebounds per game through the first two games so he looks good uh it's just what are their other guys gonna do it's all about other guys uh Mm -hmm. in this game in my opinion uh because i think cj cj has been been our best player through two games i think cj and paul george can kind of offset each other or if dame has a good game instead of cj then dame and paul george what are the role players gonna do and Mm -hmm. i like our i think we have an advantage in that area yeah, Reggie Jackson scares me a little bit just because he can get hot and he he's, he's the kind of guy who can create and kind of break down a defense no matter how good you're playing. Um, but uh, so I looked up some stats for these two teams and so two games, so take it with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. But so far, uh, as of right now, the Blazers are first in offensive efficiency. Uh, offensive ratings <laughs> right back to where we were last year um, yep. the Clippers are actually tied for last in defense so they have not been good defensively in the first two games so you look at that on paper and see oh it's a huge mismatch um, so hopefully we can take advantage of that we don't have trouble scoring um, and we move the ball well uh, the Clippers are fifth in offense and the Blazers are 19th in defense so um a little closer in the on that end so if we can kind of somewhat hold their offense down and do what we've been doing on the offensive end this on paper should be an easy win for us yeah and obviously those ratings are going to change around a bunch yeah they're going to fluctuate a lot yeah Yeah. so but i mean being first in offense and 20th in defense or you said 19th in defense yeah or 19th right now that's a big improvement it's mm-hmm. still not above average but yeah i mean if we can be 19th in defense and number one in offense that's i mean we the kings were <laughs> if i'm not mistaken one of the top offenses last year right in terms of yeah and they crushed us in transition in terms of our half court defense <laughs> i'd bet that it's been borderline top 10 and the Suns were up there, to. too. So we played two tough offensive teams, and we have another yeah. one tonight. Um, I mean, so that's the thing. It's going to be interesting, like, 10 games in to look mm-hmm. at those numbers and see where they lie. And so uh, speaking of fast break, so right now Clippers are 11th in fast break points, so uh, almost top 10. But they're also 7th in efficiency on fast break. So um, they, they don't run a lot, but they're really good when they do. 
Um, mm-hmm. So you just got to limit that, um, especially guys we mentioned like Paul George and Reggie Jackson, uh, Bledsoe, don't let them get easy buckets. Um, and then uh, we're both middle of the pack and assists. Uh, I think we're right around like 14th and 15th, both of us. So good, good place to be for both teams, I think. Um, and we're, we're actually, Clippers are number one by a lot and we're number two in turnovers per possession. So they do not turn the ball over uh, for all the sloppiness of the preseason and a little bit uh, the first half of the first game for us. Since the first half of the Kings game, we've been really good um, taking care of the ball. Yeah, But this is a situation where the Clippers aren't going to turn it over a lot, so they're going to get a lot of shots on the rim. So not only do we have to contest those shots, but we also need to make sure we're getting rebounds and not letting them get yeah. second chance points. The Clippers against the Grizzlies last game had 14 offensive rebounds. Mm-hmm. Five of those were from Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> Four of those were from Zubach. Four of those were from Terrence Mann. Yeah. So it's a situation where the guards have to box out. The guards have to help on the defensive glass. We've been getting out and running, um, but you got... A couple of guards here. I mean, Bledsoe and Terrence Mann, they're guards that got four and five offensive rebounds uh, in their last game. So it's a situation where it has to be kind of rebounding by committee. I think having Nas in the starting lineup will help our rebounding compared to a Norman Powell. I think that's kind of the one upgrade there. Uh, I assume Nas is in the starting lineup. Have they released that yet? They have not released the starters yet as long as far as it's either it's either going to be Nas or Larry Nance Jr. I would personally who would you go with Eric? I would start Nas just let him give him that assignment let him grow Mm -hmm. up Paul George yep just put him on Paul George and let him get that mentality I was talking about if you want to be a good defender you have to like prove it on the floor and and Mm -hmm. I think he will have that mindset if you just tell him you got this you got this shut him down and he, and he goes into that game he he might not do it but at least you know he he gives it a shot you know and you know if he gets in foul trouble or he, he struggles early then you just make a quick substitution i don't think it's that bad yeah i mean if we shut down paul george i don't it's, it's really hard to shut him down but if we do a good job on him defensively i think we have this game in the bag mm-hmm. because like Reggie Jackson scares you a little bit, but I mean, none of their other players really scare me. Mm-hmm. Not enough of them. I, I think it's a situation where Paul George has carried their team and they've still been losing games, Eric. He's averaging 35 a game, they're 0 2. Mm-hmm. So if you do a good job on him defensively, I mean, sure, Reggie Jackson might have a solid game, but I don't think both Reggie Jackson and Eric Bledsoe are going to have a solid offensive game. Bledsoe was solid in game one. In game two, he was three for 11. And I think that's more around where Eric Bledsoe is at at this point in his career. So it's a situation where one of those guys probably has a good offensive game in their backcourt. And then who else scares you? Batum isn't a scorer. Zubach isn't really a scorer. Marcus Morris can have a good game here or there, but he doesn't worry me at all. Uh off their bench, Luke Kennard, Nick Batum, Isaiah Hartenstein, Terrence Mann. That's the four guys they've been playing off the pine. I, I don't none, none of those guys really worry me a whole lot. And now that I say this, one of those guys is going to pop <laughs> off. Isaiah yeah. Hartenstein is going to have like 23 points and Reese will be in group chat saying see, we should have picked him up. But uh, I don't know. I think it's just it starts with Paul George. It starts with Paul George because everywhere else I think we have an advantage in terms of talent. Uh, and that's why I picked us to win this game. That's why I doubled down on us because uh, we got to give 
we got to give Paul George multiple bodies. He has to see multiple looks. You can't run drop scheme on him. Thank goodness we're not going to do that to Eric. <laughs> yep. Uh, I expect us to throw some harder traps at him this game. Yeah. This will be the first, like, big forward slash wing, like, good big wing that we've played. Because we played Darren Fox in game number one. Uh, I don't know. Harrison Barnes looks like the MVP, right? <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. It's like Harrison Barnes dropped 36 on us. So uh, we get another chance. You don't want to overhelp off of Paul George to help onto a guy like Eric Bledsoe. The thing is, we we're overhelping off of Harrison Barnes in times where the help wasn't even needed and it wasn't even the guy guarding Harrison Barnes's responsibility to help in the first place. So overall... It's just going to be interesting to see how we defend Paul George tonight. Uh, mm-hmm. Everywhere else, I'm not too worried. You say they don't turn over the ball much, but we play probably a more aggressive defense now than most teams in the league, which is just still weird to say at this point. So it'll be interesting yeah, we'll to see, see, see the how that turnover. Yeah, the turnover numbers and Paul George's scoring mm-hmm. against Nasir Little, assuming he starts, which I would, I agree, I would start Nas. Those are the two things I'm looking for most. And Damani with a $2 donation says, did I miss you give the latest on Norm's injury? Um, We said he was out, but yeah, we didn't really talk about it. So he's got patellar tendinopathy, which is um, Dame had a version of this in his hamstring last year. It's basically just like a worse version of tendonitis and arthritis or whatever, like not, not like an actual um like injury but something that's like a nagging um thing that can come and go and could be fine i guess he dealt with this at points of the season last year missed a couple games due to it um and it just uh flared up in the second quarter uh he tried to play a few more plays on it but um they decided to send him out Uh, i'm not sure how long he's going to be out um like I said, it could be one of those things where he wakes up in a few days and it's fine, or it could be something that, you know, we're going to have to manage all season and he's just going to have to either play with the pain or um, sit out for an extended period. I hope that's not the case, but uh, it's really hard to know exactly how those are going to going to heal. Um, yeah, to a lesser extent, that's kind of what's going on with my knee right now. So kind of oh, you're dealing with the I, same thing. I kind of have a little bit of uh knowledge on that right now but yeah so um i thought you're gonna say you got a little bit of norm in you right now. no i have uh i sat out so they told me to not play for two weeks and so i did yeah. that and then i played and it basically hurt for another two weeks and uh over the weekend i got up from sitting down and it was the first time in over a month that it didn't like crack or like mm-hmm. give me a lot of pain when i sat up uh, or stood up, and so uh, feel pretty good. I'm gonna play this week and see how it goes, but uh, yeah, it's one of those things where it could just nag for a while. Yeah, yeah, I have had knee issues with that tendon. The thing is, is it's not the same thing. I have really tight IT bands. Oh my god! So that's that's my issue is the the knee pain. I get a lot of knee pain from having tight IT bands. So. Um, what do you say? No, my God, too. <laughs> uh, Bobby uh, took chat to a place that. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
Oh my god. Okay. Oh, I, I just read that. Oh, wow. I've read that and I didn't think about... Okay, yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, Thanks yeah, for watching, we're, buddy. We're not paying, good, good, good job not, not saying that on air. Yeah, we don't want to we don't want to go there anyway <laughs> um, what else uh, you want to uh preview with this game is there any part of this game you want to uh, preview or you just want to go into tonight see what's gonna happen um yeah so the technical stuff we got all that all the way but to me it's just how's their attitude going to be the blazers uh mm -hmm. do they come into this game hungry not uh you know being too happy or uh, taking for granted the success of Saturday and realizing that how much hard work that took to get to the point to play that well. Um, so uh, I'm hoping that uh, they treat every game like the next opportunity to do something like they did Saturday instead of seemingly like the last couple of years where they've had a good game like Saturday uh, maybe not to that extent, but then follow that up by uh, just going back and being the same um, kind of passive team. So uh, hopefully Chauncey's uh, mentality is instilled in them uh, for that kind of purpose of just having that killer mentality every single night and not uh, or realizing how important this is and um, you know, if they, this is only a one-game road trip, but if it was two games, not having the attitude like, well, if we just split these two games on the road, it's great, you know? Um, having that attitude like, no, we need to win both of these games and, like, we're not going to um, do that. And I, I just feel like this game is so important with this stretch coming up. Um, we win this, we're 2-1, and one, we're coming home for two games, play the Clippers again, uh, play Grizzlies as well. Uh, so you feel really good about them at home against those two teams if they win this one on the road. And then all of a sudden you're talking about maybe being, you know, three and two, four and one uh, by the time they go out on that big East Coast road trip. And I think that would put them in a really good position. So I hope that uh, <clears throat> they just come out with that killer mentality tonight and just uh, put the league on notice that this team's for real. Yep. Yep. It'll be fun to see how our young guys perform and and uh Nas because they've had a good start to the season, so can they build upon that, especially if Nas gets the starting job tonight. Uh I would go with an eight man rotation in this game, Eric. Mm -hmm. Uh I would stagger I would do a three guard rotation as normal with Dame. CJ and Anthony Simons. I would do a three forward rotation with Nasir Little, Robert Covington, and Larry Nance Jr. And then I would rotate Nurkic and Zeller at the center spot. So if you do a three forward rotation with those three forwards that I mentioned, each of them could play on average 32 minutes a game apiece. Uh, maybe Rocco gets a couple more minutes. Maybe Larry Nance Jr. gets a couple more minutes. I don't know. But overall, getting those three guys 32 minutes a game would be nice. It'd be nice to get Larry Nance Jr. on the court more. I feel like he probably hasn't been playing enough. He's been playing around uh, 16 to 20 minutes. So being able to get him upwards of 30 minutes would be nice just because it seems like he's still not fully playing like himself in this system. He's not playing bad by any means. But, uh, you know, I, I think he can have a bigger impact than he's shown. And then Nasir Little 
confidence boost with a 30-minute game, especially if he plays good defense against Paul George, I think will be a good thing as we Mm -hmm. head into the season. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a little bit of Dennis Smith Jr. just to um, give some of those guys a little bit of a rest. Um, But like you said, if you rotate them properly, they could all play around 30 minutes and you don't really have to worry about that. But um, I also think they might insert him if uh, like one of Jackson or Bledsoe is going off. Um, I think Dennis Smith Jr. could come in and maybe just take his shot at defending one of those two and uh, see if he can uh, disrupt them a little bit. So um, it's nice to have a disruptor on the bench and someone who can come in and run the offense and and push the pace and stuff. So if if they're stagnant or lack of energy at any point in this game, I wouldn't hesitate to throw him in there as well. But I agree, as long as the game's going well, you might as well stick with an eight-man rotation. Yep, I agree. Shout out to Monty for another $2 dono. He says, how's everyone watching games? Root, root sports. Wink. <laughs> root sports, of course, you know. It's just a we can't phenomenal, phenomenal TV company. Yeah, you know. Uh, hopefully they figure things out more, man. I've been lucky enough so far that every game I've been at home, but, you know, stuff happens. I have, yeah. I have work and family and stuff, but there's often times where I need to watch the game on my phone or from a different location, and uh, I don't have any options to stream the games legally this year. So uh, I'm going to run into that problem very soon, but as of right now, I have Root Sports at home, so I'm, I'm good there. Um, yeah, Damani, if you need to come over and watch the game. Damani needs a way to watch the game. Yeah. Uh... <clears throat> they need to figure things out, man. It's not good. I do have League Pass, so um, maybe with the VPN. That's the thing is, like, I have Xfinity. And so I have the channel. I don't know. People have said use League Pass with a VPN. I'm not going to advocate for something that probably is in a gray area legally, right? I'm not going to advocate for that on air. But, I mean, well, whatever you feel like you got to do to watch the game, I mean, that's your choice. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. The problem is, like, they're almost forcing people to do that, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, well, we don't care. Uh, just do it, then. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't feel bad or as bad as I would have in previous years, like, mentioning the legal streams on the air. But, like, I mean, they're pretty much giving us no options for certain yeah. people that don't just have access to Comcast options. Yeah. you'll get your money because mm-hmm. that's all the only reason they don't want people watching illegal scr- streams is because they don't make money off of it Yeah. so they just want their money so just give us options you will get your money it's not that complicated but the Root Sports by all accounts is asking for way too much so they've kind of backed uh they've kind of backed people into a corner in terms of their viewing options so overall yeah it's uh it's rough so i i can watch it here i just i like watching games outside of the home i just like getting out of the house man and uh you know it's like i'll stream here i want to get out of the house i would love to watch the first half of the game um somewhere else 
I'm not going to dox myself and say where I'd go, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I would like to watch it somewhere else, but I can't. So yeah, I'll be here at like 7.30 cause that's the game. The tip off time is late tonight. It is at 7.30. It is on NBA TV. So those of you who aren't local can watch it on NBA TV if you have it. Nice. Yeah. So, anyway, anything else for the stream, Eric? Uh, Nave says his root talks about moving to streaming services. So apparently they've given up on YouTube and Hulu, um, but uh, they might or they they do have Fubo TV. Uh, but it's like the minimum, the least expensive package is like sixty five dollars a month or something, and they don't even have TNT, so you can't watch any of the games that are on TNT because those ones aren't on. Uh, I mean, uh, I know there's not a lot of TNT games this year, but uh, not getting to watch any of the games on Thursday night kind of sucks too. So um, there's like not good options either way. But yeah. 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 So um, the audio of the stream will be uploaded to Spotify probably within 15 minutes after it. So if you want to listen back to any part of this preview, we're going to cut out picks against the spread. It doesn't make sense to have on Spotify because it's. A lot of dead airtime and a lot of graphical stuff that won't be able to be used on Spotify with an audio-only platform. So, uh, the audio of this preview will be up on Spotify. We'll do that with all future episodes of Blazer Surprise Live. Sometimes it'll be 15, 20 minutes. Sometimes it'll be 40 minutes. Depends on picks against the spread and everything. So, the post-game stream audio from the Phoenix game has been up there. We're uploading audio for all streams to Spotify this year. Just go to Spotify, search Portland Trailblazers in podcasts, and click on our podcast, I guess. It's a podcast on Spotify. So uh, if you listen to stuff on Spotify, it also helps us rank better on Spotify, which might help more people find us. So overall, it's just a win-win, another option for you guys to take in the content and a way for us to maybe get some more ears on our product. Anyway... Eric, I'll give you one final word before I hit the outro. What you want? You know, what do you want to say, man? Well, I'll do two quick things. Shervin wanted to bring up. It's going to be interesting to see how Chauncey games game plans for the Clippers trapping Dame if they do that, which they probably will. So that'll be one thing we'll be talking about after the game uh, to see how the Blazers deal with those traps if they do that. And then I just want to let everyone know that we appreciate you and thank you for tuning in and watching. Yep, two thumbs up to that. We will catch you later tonight with the post-game show going live around 10 p.m. Pacific time, assuming this game doesn't go into OT. It's a late game, so it'll be a later post-game stream than usual. Hopefully, we're able to see you there. And with that, we're out of here. Until I catch you next, as always, peace out. Go Blazers.